Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 175. You've got Chris and Brian, and this time around we're going to talk some about uh, plate carriers, chest rigs, war belts, and other means of getting all your gear into the fight um, if you've got to do stuff with rifles or subguns. Yep, absolutely. Um, kind of some lessons learned and revisiting some things after our recent um, small unit training event thing. Yeah. Um, guys, the the I, I still... For, for most civilians, I hate saying this out loud, I'm, I'm sure this will stir up a hornet's nest, um, the, the, more, the more I play with, the more crap on my person, um, the less I like it, and playing dress up just sucks. Um, if you're, you know, you're going to go do, if you're going to go do army stuff, um, be army aged and in army shape. If you're going to go do Marine Corps stuff, be Marine Corps aged and in Marine Corps shape. Uh, this, this last training... We, I just went with the war belt. Um, some of it I just went pockets uh, because I think there's a reality check about that's how I'll be walking around the world more than likely. Um, I, I get the idea from a small unit perspective that if the world melts down and you're, you're working with Rick Grimes trying to get to Terminus to free everybody at Terminus, um, you're going to need to carry some gear with you. That's absolutely true. Um, if things get bizarre, if things kind of melt down and get really bad, and there's a conversation that, you know, you may want to have a plate carrier. You may want to have for protection, both and for ammo carriage capacity, things of that nature as well. But it really sucks. I mean, and my level of PT, while my weight's not a whole lot different than it was, say, last year when we did this, um, my ability to move is quite a bit better. And my cardio is pretty solid, too. A lot more foot time, a lot more moving time, um, and not just a sole focus on heavy weights in the gym. Um, so, so while it was a little bit easier to move around and do this stuff, it still just kind of sucks. And I, and I see the scope of reality in which you're going to need this stuff. You're going to have time to get jocked up to do this stuff as being severely limited. Um, everybody right now over the last two years wants to point to the SAS dude in Kenya, Christian Craighead as like the, the reason to have your car kit, your truck gun, this, that, and the other. Um, there is a massive, massive difference between an active shooter in a mall in Indiana who gets zapped by a 22-year-old who happens to be on frickin' point within 15 seconds. Um, note that the dude didn't run out to his car to get his gun. He had it on him, dealt with the threat immediately, and that was the end of the game. Wait, wait, shots at 43 yards with a pistol. Amen. Amen. Um, did you know that his middle name is actually Big Dick? It's Elijah Big Dick Dickens. Um, his mom had a vision. Um, I'm stealing somebody's joke there, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that, that kid was a stud, but he was in the right place at the right time, and he did God's work with what he had on him. Um, the idea of having the trunk monkey set up, Christian Craighead had the stuff in his vehicle because he's an SAS dude who was on assignment in Kenya, and when stuff melted down, um, he had the, the plan for those guys was to take that place over and try and get their brothers freed from prisons and get money repatriated or whatever. And th those events take hours, if not days, to kind of unfurl themselves. So he knew he had time to run back to his car, get jocked up, go convince the Kenyan police to give him pictures of the bad guys so he could go in and do their job for them. Um, too bad he wasn't in Uvalde. Yeah. So the idea that you're going to run out, grab your kit, put it on, and run in and do something's interesting. I don't, I don't know that's terribly realistic. Um, beyond that, though, 
you know, the idea of leaving that kind of stuff in your vehicle concerns me as well. But we're kind of the scope of this conversation is more about using it and what's realistic and what's not. Uh, the war belt from a training perspective is kind of nice if you're going to throw it on because the war belt is something you could keep hanging on your bedpost or hanging in your closet next to the rifle and throw it on in two seconds. I think the plate carrier and the and the chest rig are both those things as well. If you train with them and can throw them on fairly quickly, um, I will tell you that if you've not tried to doff your try not try to don your plate carrier with all the Velcro and everything else quietly in the middle of the night in the dark without turning in on any lights to let the bad guy know you know where you are or whatever. Same thing with your chest rig. There's a lot of straps. There's a lot of side release buckles and stuff like that. Pinch release buckles. Um, trying to do that and get stuff squared away or get it on is is difficult. Throwing it over your shoulder and moving on is not too big a deal. But then do you have armor and things where you need it? Exactly. Well, I mean, you're, you're, or throwing it over your head yeah. and having it there. You know, it's, yeah, and exactly. And if you're moving, are things going to be where you want them to be while you're moving? I absolutely get that. Um, but the, there's a so, – so throwing all those things aside and just looking at what the advantages, disadvantages, et cetera, are. Um, I'll start off with the war belt and work our way up. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. So um, the, the war belt – is the most comfortable. If you have a good belt setup, whether it's one of the HSGI overbelts, um, I probably have three, I've, I've probably run six different war belts in the last 15 years, um, just trying different stuff. And that's more a function of, it's not that I didn't like the previous one so much as a better option came along that I wanted to try out. So whether it was from Tactical Taylor 10, 15 years ago, or whether it was just a good belt with stuff set up on it, or whether it was one of the high-speed gear padded belts, um, that I still have that I probably won't ever get rid of because of the convenience. Um, if you're running so systems wise, uh, it, it, it's just easy to throw on. It's not as hot as running a plate carrier. It keeps your center yeah. of gravity a little bit lower. Um, it gives you everything you need as a general rule of thumb on a war belt. You're going to move your firearm, your, your secondary or what would be normally your primary is going to become your secondary. So you're going to jock down from your concealed carry rig and throw that into a holster on your war belt. So now your primary becomes your secondary, um, and so it's just a, it's it's a slimlined, cool, nothing covering your upper body, uh, fairly lightweight to carry a couple of rifle mags, a couple of pistol mags, hopefully a med kit, pistol, knife, um, and maybe some other small ancillary gear, whether that's pepper spray or um, a snivel kit, uh, you know, different things like that. I don't know, whatever you want to put on yeah. yours. Um, dump pouches, highly I, useful. I really like dump pouches. Um, I really wish I had the cognitive ability to remember that I actually had one on my person when I could have used it, um, but I'm not a very bright man, Jenna. Uh, so, um, so, but that's kind of the why of it. It's quick. It's easy. It's, it's relatively lightweight. It, it keeps you cool. It lets you move. It doesn't really impair your movement in any appreciable fashion. Um, unless you lay something out funny on it. If you put something big and bulky up front, then it might not be comfortable and prone, but no more than a plate carrier or chest rig. Yeah. So, um, really, really great way to stay mobile and keep stuff on you and stay comfortable. Um, and quick, quick to don, quick to doff. Uh, types of war belt systems. You can take the pants belt you're wearing and take a few minutes and jock all your crap up onto it. If you want to wear it as a war belt, it just takes a lot of time to get that stuff on there. And, and then how are you going to organize and keep it ready to go when you take your belt yeah. off? So having just a pants belt set up like that is fine if that's what you're going to do for an eight-hour day is you're going to get jocked up, put all that crap on, and that's how you're going to walk around the world at some point. Say you are maybe a tactical law enforcement officer 
who's doing surveillance work uh, over the wintertime and you want as much stuff on you as you can have on you and you're wearing big bulky clothes over to cover it, then great, that's cool. Or you're an SAS student, can you do it? Bingo, yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, you are high school. And there are some other situations, I'm sure, where there's dudes out there who are who are rocking incognito or, or even in a duty rig are rocking, you know, a, a, a rifle mag or two and maybe a spare pistol mag and some other things of that nature and trying to do it low-vis or trying to do it in professional tactical attire that is high-vis. Um, the kind of kit I think of would be like the dudes who run um, the Secret Service, like QRF kind of guys. They don't yeah. call them QRF, but the, the dudes with the big guns who come running in um, are generally professionally attired and jocked for real. And then there's a whole other team behind that that's like, Freaking SEAL Team Six waiting in the wings, kind of thing, or I don't know who are the yeah. cool who are the cool guys are now. SEAL Team Forty Eight, whatever they get the band aids from when the bicycle crashes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> owie zowie. Uh, they carry spare depends. Anyway, um, by the way, depends also make a nice large bandage, not sterile, but if you need to use one, so um, especially for growing injuries. Yeah, to go back to the to just running your pants belt, what I did. Uh, small unit classes down to tactical response. That's the setup I ran. Yep. Um, it worked really well. Um, granted, pretty much ran the same pants every day, so you have to take everything apart yep. all the time. Yep. Uh, I was also the only one that could go into Pizza Hut and pick up the pizzas after the training <laughs> night. Exactly. Um, without scaring all the locals. So if you do want to be able to run you know, somewhat low visibility or incognito, uh, this is really the way to go. Yep. Um, war belts. You look like a police officer with a war belt yep. or like somebody who just came out of, you know, Benning or Bragg because yep. um, everything is very overt. Yeah. Um, not that it isn't possible to hide, you know, with a big flannel or jacket or whatnot, um, but you're going to look kind of like the, the angles are going to be all wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your profile is going to, I mean, it's going to be obvious. So, um, but again, I, I look at a lot of this more from a, a small probability but when it matters, it matters, and you'll wish you had it kind of conversation. Um, and uh, But I do, again, I put this more as an end-of-the-world kind of conversation. Uh, when we step into the chest rig and the plate carrier kind of, kind of conversation next, and I'm going to go with plate carriers first, only because I see an opportunity for plate carriers to be in a something run with a chest rig, depending. So, you know, if we step out of that and go into plate carriers, um, again, depending on what you need it for, you know, you may want to be the guy jocked up with 12 mags, uh, this, that, and the other, and all that fun stuff. But on a plate carrier, that'll be tough. Um, a plate carrier with six mags is tough because you're already putting an additional five to seven pounds per plate times two into a carrier. If you start hanging five, six mags on the front of it, plus any other ancillary gear that you need, what do you put on the back to balance it out so it's riding properly? Um, and so you're riding properly and not, you know, bow heavy. Um, you know, so there's a lot of conversation about how to set that kind of stuff up. But I do think the, the advantage of the plate carrier is completely and fully armor. Um, you've got something to stop bullets around the big parts of your body that actually matter. Um, so when you start looking at plate carriers and stuff like that, um, side note on plate carrier sizing as we talk about that. Um, generally, sizing for plate carriers is not to the person. It's to the plate. Um, you will see size care. You'll see plate carriers listed as small, medium, and uh, large XL. Generally, the large XL are 10 by 12 or 11 by 13 plates. Uh, small mediums can be 10 by 12s or smaller, but there aren't very many smaller plates. 
Um, the industry is waking up to the fact that a lot of law enforcement officers are female or smaller statured. Um, and tactical law enforcement officers, uh, by as a result, there are a lot more tactical law enforcement officers that are female and smaller statured. So you can get plate carriers that carry smaller plates nowadays. They're available. you got to do some digging. Most everything is centered around 10 by 12 plates, and there's availability for 11 by 13 plates. Um, as you're looking at plate carriers specifically, especially the newer stuff from some of the better manufacturers, and I know I'm going to leave everybody's pet name out of this on accident because there's a million companies making these things now, um, but like Grey Ghost Precision makes some super simple lightweight stuff. Faro Concepts makes some super simple lightweight stuff. HRT Tactical does some real simple lightweight stuff all the way up to some go-to-war kind of crap. Um, you know, and, and, and on and on and on. Cry, um, uh, Mayflower, uh, Velocity Systems. I mean, there's, there's a million companies doing this stuff right now, and a lot of it's really, really good. And there's even some companies that were viewed as kind of shit products 20 years ago, 10 years ago, that are doing a pretty good job now, like Condor and um, who's the former SEAL dude? Black, 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 Black Wing, Black Water. Blackhawk. Uh, Blackhawk. Black there we go. Blackhawk. There. But you got to say Blackhawk because there's actually yeah. an exclamation point at the end. It's trademarked. Um, but yeah, you know, so you're looking at fitment on these and then picking out what you want to be able to do with it. Some plate carriers are meant to be slick. Some plate carriers are meant to be loaded down. Um, some fall right in the middle that are super slick and can be loaded down. A Cry JPC is a brilliant design. Um, not much to it, but you can put a fair amount of crap on it if you need to. Um, the Velocity System stuff, uh, Velocity Mayflower, the APC. Um, yeah. rig that can be run pretty slick or loaded down pretty good. Um, I, I think for most civilians, most cake eaters, and probably most law enforcement trying to remain low vis, something like a Ferro Concept Slickter is pretty brilliant. Something like a GGG, uh, the G Grey Ghost Precision Lightweight. Grey Ghost Gear. Grey Ghost Gear, yeah, yeah. sorry. Precision is the gun, the gear is the plastic or the nylon. cloth side of the house. Um, something that's fairly simple and, and can be added to, but is really not intended to carry much more than plates and a couple spare mags, med kit, things of that nature. Um, but the nice thing about, you know, the plate carrier, again, you can put something in it to stop bullets. Um, I would normally have a conversation about armor here, but that could be an entire another podcast on its own. Uh, suffice it to say, you want armor that will stop threats common to your area of operations. Um, and with that, I'll throw out 556 green tip ammo is ubiquitous. It's freaking everywhere. So as a general rule of thumb, when you look at armor, look at something that'll stop 556 green tip. Um, I'm not a big fan of steel. That's another conversation for another day. There are a couple companies out there making steel that is appropriately wrapped to stop spalling, but the vast majority are not. Um, so, you know, look at good ceramic plates or good polyethylene plates, understand what they'll stop and what they won't, then make sure you're comfortable with that because you're staking your life on it. Uh, finally, NIJ cert, make sure that whatever plates are NIJ certed. Um, getting back to the carrier itself, uh, how do you attach things to it? There's no, there's not a lot of commonality systems-wise between manufacturers. So unless if you, you're doing Molly, unless you're doing Molly, exactly. And well, the, and I think the the only place I'll say that that it doesn't work as well is when you start getting into the hanger systems that are quick removable. Yeah. Then then you're running like side clip buckles. Some run side clips. Ferro runs G hooks. Some other companies run this, that, or the other. And there's adapters for all those. Right. Um, you know, just if you're if you're looking at the system, try and figure out what you want to do with it. And like, for example, for me, I, I joke around that if I'm putting plates on, I'm playing dress up. I'm playing dress up Barbie. And it's a fat, ugly Barbie with a really bad mustache right now. Um, but the reality check is I want to be able to run a plate carrier. And I want to be able to put like a, a three or four rig pistol caliber carbine front on it. I want to put be able to put a uh, two or three mag AR placard on it. 
Um, and then maybe some other kind of placard at some other point. Um, you know, if shotguns ever become relevant, maybe I'd want a shotgun placard on the front of it. Who knows? Um, and then, and then if you're a breacher for your team or you're, you know, a team guy somehow in, in law enforcement or whatever, then you have a specialty, you may just want a placard that holds whatever specific gear it is that you need for that as well. So, um, and the modularity of that, if you buy a system, but you find out that it, they don't offer the placards that you want, or you just don't like their placards versus somebody else's, be aware that you meant to do some finagling to make stuff work together. Um, getting stuff on the back, a lot of these, the slick rigs are not necessarily compatible to add stuff to the back of them as well. So if you are putting stuff on the front and you want to balance out the back, be aware that may or may not be, may or may not be real easy to do. So that's where we come back to Molly, at least having something on the back that you can attach something, even if it's a small hydration pack or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but there's yeah. a, Good. Yeah, so the other thing to be aware of, you know, as soon as you start putting things in the back, your ability to also run a rucksack with sustainment gear yep. um, gets a lot more uncomfortable and gets very unwieldy. Yep. Um, so there is Well, there's a ton of offset, right? I mean, the weight yeah. in that ruck, the weight in that three-day or that assault pack, Just all of a sudden now is sitting further. three inches further off your, your center line. Um, super point, actually, um, that because that, that matters a whole bunch. I will say that that is where the, the low-vis plate carrier comes in handy if you're going to wear a ruck or something like that over it, it it's next to nothing between you and the weight that you're actually carrying at that point because then the plates become nothing they're, yeah. they're just they're just an extra few pounds um yeah so definitely um you know look at the scalability of that rig and look at you know where and can you get if you buy whatever plate carrier you're going to buy set up your ruck or your assault pack or whatever it is to go over that so that if you dump your assault pack you still have your armor and is everything comfortable and do you still have your your what i guess the military would call your first line that'd be your second line gear right yeah. your gear for the fight yeah yeah um yeah and like i said a lot of options there um you know and these are conversations again if you want to talk in the store we'd love to have these conversations and see what you're running and how you're running it um the only other thing i throw out there is if you're if you get to the point where you're running a plate carrier or you know or even beyond to a you know a chest rig with that or whatever um, does it work with your first line gear, whether that's concealed carry gear, cause you're just throwing this plate carrier on, uh, your duty gear, if you're a cop, cause you're just throwing this thing on an emergency, um, or are you going to run it? You're just going to be in your underwear and throw on your plate carrier real quick. You know, do the, do the systems work together too. Yeah. And part of that's testing it out. And to add to that, you know, if you're running a war belt and a plate carrier, did those two things play nice together? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I look at some of the, and, and, uh, and the example I would use just with the plate carrier, um, those of you who know me, uh, know. I am not svelte. I'm fluffy. Um, I generally carry a full size or a G19 appendix. Uh, when I put a plate carrier on with that, now it doesn't bother me. But a few years ago, um, when I was carrying around an extra 10, 15, 20 more pounds, if I took a knee or squatted down, my belly got pinched and it hurt. It made me cry a couple times just for a second, but it literally like Indian trash tear, like that one tear that yeah. runs down your cheek. Um, I got to give somebody credit for that. I owe somebody a quarter for the Indian trash year comment. Um, so anyway, but it, you know, you, you've got to plan for those kind of things, see how the stuff works together. Cause even with the concealed carrier, you're thinking, Oh, I'll throw on this slick plate carrier. It weighs nothing. It won't be in the way. Take a knee. Oh my God, that hurts. Oh wow. Okay, cool. No, you know, you, you'll find those things out, but get out and find those things out before it matters. So, um, but plate carriers, another huge topic just beyond that, you know, but there's a lot of great systems out there. Stop by and see, you know, the HRT stuff, um, we're really big fans of if you want the scalability, uh, we sell it in store. They've got a great set of placards and systems to run with it. Um, depending on which plate carrier you buy, you can jock it up to put packs on the back of it too. 
um, and you can go as slick or as heavy as you want to go. It's well-made, uh, local company right here in Columbus, um, and good dudes to boot. So, um, going for anything to add to plate carriers? Uh, yeah, armor's heavy. Yeah, armor sucks. Yeah, uh, you know the ability to you got to put in the work every day if yep. you want to be able to run armor well. Yeah, yeah, you, P, PT matters. It. Yeah, if you if you do not have a, I'm gonna say if you're not doing some kind of PT that involves cardio. Um, I don't care about strength training. Um, I think you can gut out the weight of it. But if you don't have the wind, if you're not doing something three days a week to maintain some manner of cardio, I don't, and I don't care if it's just little 20-minute, you know, go go run two miles harder than hell or whatever, um, getting into armor, you're probably pissed on the wind. You're probably slowing yourself down enough that you're making yourself more of a target than if you just ran light and slick as best you can. Yeah, same <clears> thing. If you got severely messed up ankles or knees, um, armor, do you want to consider real hard? Whether you want to be putting armor on, yeah, yeah, or you or you want to start using it as part of your training, yeah, to maybe help build that up and rectify that situation. So, um, armor sucks; it's just the way it is, and it's hot too. So, um, so going from armor to the chest rig, chest rig's dual purpose. Um, I'm going to talk about it in conjunction with armor since we just talked about armor. Yeah. If you are running something like a Ferro Concept Slickster or a Grey Ghost gear. Um, slick rig, light, lightweight rig, even like a cry JPC or something like that, that you're running to kind of be invisible. You can throw a hoodie over it or a nice Dixon flannel or, uh, you know, something like that over it, um, and be invisible. That's cool. The, the, some of the chest rig systems out there can be used over those. If you size them and set them up properly, you can run slick and be low vis and then throw your, your, your load carriage system on top of that and have a scalable system and that might be something for the undercover le guy to consider um it might be something for the homeowner to consider you know you throw your armor on an emergency if you need it but if there's civil unrest it's going to be ongoing for a few hours and maybe you throw your load carriage system on top of that and go on um from a training perspective it lets it be scalable if you find out that the day you're going to go do small unit stuff with your buddies and go do that four to eight man movement stuff you find out it's 95 degrees and your PT is not where you want it to be, drop the plates and carry your load carriage system. Let a little more air move, save a little bit of weight. Um, if you find yourself in a position where your PT is not where you want it to be and you just want to be able to move faster but still have more bullets, maybe you drop the armor and you weigh those risks, um, you know, speed versus speed versus protection. Yeah. And, and if you're really not fast anyway, then suck it up and do both. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I'm going to put them on anyway because there is no speed in my equation. There's just me. <laughs> um, load carriage systems. There are 11 billion. We're curiously seeing a weird comeback from a couple of ret companies doing retro H-Rigs. Yeah. Uh, think um, Marine Corps, Army, GWAT, 1994, 1996, H-Harness kind of stuff. Um, it, it still works. It still works. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, if it's a modern version, it may not even be suboptimal. If it's what you ran back in the day and you're comfortable and familiar with it, then it may not be suboptimal either. Um, but there's lightweight rigs like that. There's roadie rigs, um, you know, Rhodesian style rigs that are chest rigs that are up high that carry mags, frags, um, maybe a knife and stuff like that. Super lightweight. Yep. Put everything in front of you. Um, easy on and off and cool. They're not keeping a lot of air from getting to you. Um, there's some specialty stuff out there. Um, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if John Willis is still sewing or not, but John Willis used to do that frog rig. That was like the NSW 12, rig. yeah, the NSW rig, 12 mags, um, dual demo pockets, radio pockets. I mean, the thing itself, it, it weighed like four or five freaking pounds just of nylon. 
But again, it was intended for a 24-year-old stud who was going to swim a mile and a half and then slit your throat and then kill the rest of your country with, yeah. I don't know, stuff, things. Um, so there's, there's, it's, it's a totally, that market is wide open still. Uh, High-speed gear. Uh, the guys at Tactical Taylor, yeah, the, uh, the guys at HRT. The Mav, um, both yes. the, the, the full placard and the split placard yep. from Tactical Taylor work really well. Um, the yep. split placard version is a lot easier to get on and off. And the split placard, the split placard version is brilliant in that if you do need to get proned out or you do need to cool off or you do need it on and off quickly, it's, it's so much easier to live with. Um, you might give up a pistol mag worth of space or a pepper spray containers worth of space, um, but for the ability to don and doff quickly, the ability to get prone, if you, especially if you're a long gun guy um, and you want to get proned out behind a scoped rifle, that's a brilliant way to live. Um, and then just simply, if it's just hotter than the devil's behind in thermal underwear, then it's nice to be able to just unzip that bad boy and let some airflow too. Um, I have a mini mav as well, a great system. Anything from Tactical Taylor is going to be good to go. I mean, I know Logan's, you know, not been around for years now, probably a decade or more now, uh, but the company still seems to be really well yeah. run. Um, I will say, again, locally, the guys from HRT, uh, they're doing um, some of the, the harness-type systems like that, and they're very, very, very modular. They work with their placard system. So if you're already running their plate carrier and you want to put an H-harness together and run a lightweight version, um, you know, or buy the H-harness and make the carrier slick and turn the placard into your load carriage system that's scalable. Uh, great systems approach there. Um, trying to think of the other brand. Yeah, HSGI does a really good go. setup. Yep. Um, it's got Velcro on the box. So if you want to Velcro it to your plate carrier, you can do it. Yep. Um, or you can run the H harness straps. And then Blue Force Gears got some very cool, like laser cut, high plan type systems. Yep. Um, that are super modular, so you can load them up how you want them because they're they're kind of just a a big piece of molly yep and or paul's webbing and you put it all together yeah and some of those systems too are are like pre-set up that you can if you have a ruck that's modular or you have a assault pack that's modular or a small pack that's modular you can pop the straps off your small pack or stow them internally in the small pack and attach them to the back of that plate carrier and now you have that hydration um sustainment gear food, whatever system all in one place that you can throw over your armor. Or again, if you want to run light, slick, quiet, then you can just throw it on and go too. Um, again, you know, this is not even getting into pouches and whatnot. Um, I, I will say when you start talking about what pouches are you going to throw on your plate carrier, what pouches are you going to throw on your, on your carriage system if it's modular, um, is really going to depend. The mission drives the gear train, to quote Pat Rogers. What are you going to put on there? What do you want to do? What gun do you have? It's always interesting to, to me to see some cat who's going out and doing rifle training. Um, as a civilian or as a law enforcement officer, if I'm going to the rifle and I'm going to have a rifle in my hands, I, I'm going to have a probably a pistol that I already had on me somewhere and a spare mag or two. I'm probably not going to carry a bunch of pistol mags on it. I want it if I'm going to run heavy you shit on it. Mags. I want more rifle mags, right? I mean, that's why I'm carrying that tool. Is it's way more effective. It's more reach. It's more precision. It's more power. Um, you know, so when you look at setting that stuff up, look at it from a not symmetry. How does it look when I put this on? Is everything the same on both sides? Um, you know, look at it from a perspective of what, why am I putting this thing on? What gear? If I'm going to this, what gear do I need to have available to me right now? Um, and what do I want on there? And, and, and also bear in mind too, that there are some things that if you're not thinking about everything's about loading it up with rifle mags, um, you're probably not going to have demo as a civilian or as a cop. Um, 
maybe things like pepper spray, a good multi-tool, a spare flashlight, one hell of a med kit. A pair of channel locks. A pair of channel locks, super, super handy. Um, you know, and, and we can go crazy. You know, a halberd, a big set of bolt cutters, an inflatable yeah. raft. <laughs> Definitely I, the inflatable raft. <laughs> I owe Chris a quarter. Uh, probably three quarters because that was all three from him. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that, how much do you want to carry on it? Because that is the beauty of it is that it's a load carriage system. You can put a lot or a little on it. But think about what your mission is. Think about where you're operating, where you're living, and what you're going to be doing with it and load it up appropriately. Um, you know, and then go train with it. Go see what's realistic and what's not. If you've, if you've been training, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're lucky enough that you've got the farm you can go to and train on. You're doing that once a month. If you find there's a piece of kit on there that's not a med kit, um, for example, but a piece of kit on there that you haven't touched in a year of going out once a month, maybe you want to reconsider if you want to carry that few ounces with you or not, or if you want to go to something else. Yeah. And then also what's realistic about how much ammo and how much of whatever other sustainment gear. You know, do for your event, are you likely going to need a three-liter bladder for water? Or is something like a one-liter or two-liter going to do you as well? Because that liter of bladder is, yeah, that liter of water is still, you know, two pounds. Yep. So... Um, and that, and it adds up quickly. So, uh, I think we scratched the surface on this. I think this has been yeah. more of a teaser than a, yeah, to, to go a little bit more in depth, um, back in the podcast archives last year, mm -hmm. we did a two part series on play carriers and kind of looking at combat weight versus your weight Yes, and kind of how to, you know, more on the training side of this along with, you know, how much, how quickly does lightweight things add up to really heavy stuff? Fast. Um, and then looking at that in conjunction with, you know, percentage of body weight and how yep. that affects performance. Yep. So if this is a topic you're interested in, um, go check out those couple of podcasts in the archive. Yep. Um, still very relevant. Yeah. And, and just like anything else we talk about, guys, I don't care if it's the handgun. Um, I don't care if it's other ancillary gear. I don't, know if it's P I don't care if it's PT. If you don't get out and do it, it's not going to do you any good when you actually need it. Um, so hence doing PT on a regular basis. Hence shooting your handgun and doing dry fire as much as you can. Hence, getting out with a rifle in appropriate amount, spending time with it so you're comfortable with it, and doing dry fire with a rifle occasionally too. Um, whatever you view as the most important tool, prioritizing down from there, getting out and doing this stuff, I still think PT has got to be number one, and I still think the pistol's probably got to be number two for most of us civilians right behind yeah. that. And then the rifle maybe is a number three, or maybe med's a number three. I don't know what it is, but you got to get out and do it. Um, you know, we both belong to a range facility where people go and practice and stuff like that, and we see guys. We're, we're starting to see guys besides ourselves implementing PT into their shooting and stuff like that as well, which is something we've been doing for a long time. Then it was pretty cool to go to the range the other night and see a young stud come off one of the bays um, in his plate carrier, soaked in sweat from having done a workout while he was shooting. So um, pretty cool stuff going on. You put it all together, you know, yeah. put it all together, get out and do it and put it all together. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, on that note, you can follow us along on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, on Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, um, check out Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, we're a little bit limited as to what we can post so that we don't piss off the commie bastards that run the censorship department. Yep. And the Ministry of Truth at Meta. Um, but do give us a follow. Uh, also, we have our website, capcityoutfitters.com. You can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor over at our storefront at silencershop.com. Um, you can also sign up for our email newsletter that comes out once a week um, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we'll add you to the newsletter list. And then come see us. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. 
Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday during the summer from 10 to 5, and then Saturday 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.